Fantasy Sports Primetime on a Sunday night. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the lovely folks at Two Rivers Ford. That is where you go for the best car buying experience. That's where you go for the only car buying experience you'll ever want to have. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, the Intel Edge at your disposal with GaryAshton.com, the real estate team that your favorite teams trust. Superbook Sports, they will always go above and beyond to make sure you enjoy the sports betting experience. Download the Superbook Sports app today. Terms and conditions do apply. And TrueMav Fitness, where you go to get your fitness journey started, just like I have. I am down 33 pounds since we started the you know 200, uh, 220 by training camp, 200 by Super Bowl. We're feeling right. We're living well. Shout out TrueMav Fitness because they've helped your boy a lot. They can do the same for you. Your first workout free, as a matter of fact, at TrueMavFitness.com. So we have uh, we have a situation for the Tennessee Titans where a sixth win on the season and a short week, a turnaround, a road game, but an opponent that's vulnerable and the opportunity to get right. And so today, there was a couple of different things from this Titans game that I thought were interesting. First and foremost, the return of Ryan Tannehill and Traylon Burks. While they did not, you know, statistically blow the doors off, there was a couple of things about their presence simply being available to the Titans and some other guys who made some plays as well, of course, that really gave this Titans team a second dimension when they needed to have it. I'll explain more what I mean by that. Then there's the defense that continues to surpass any expectation that any of us would have for them because they're playing. We were at a point today where between injuries, game day inactives, and injuries during the game, where they were down eight defensive starters. I <laughs> Just crazy, crazy stuff to see the way that they continue to manufacture these performances, and they do it so well that it gives you a chance in every game that you're going to be in, no matter how much better the opponent's talent might lead you to think that they are. So for all these different things, uh, there was a, there was a, I was, the game was tough to watch for most of the first half. They had the two minute drive to set up the score. Um, but they, for the most part, it was, it was a slog for both sides of things. These are two really good defenses. And, you know, there was a point in the first quarter where it was still zero, zero and punt and punt and punt and punt and punt and punt and punt. And I just, I looked around and said, they, they may go, this may be a three, nothing game. Like it, both offenses look like they are thoroughly overmatched against the opponent that they're going up against. One just has a higher pedigree of talent in the Broncos than do the Titans, but the Titans still obviously continuing to make that happen. So we're going to talk about the signs of life specifically that this offense showed today. We're going to do so as a part of your two rivers Ford take with the question. Which Titans player stepped up most in today's game against the Broncos? There are a variety of different players to choose from. Of course, they were all important in getting a win secured, an ugly win, a gritty win, but a win nonetheless, and a conference win, which of course matters as you continue to try and fortify your position in the AFC postseason race. So whose performance, who stepped up today the most that you may, that made you feel like, okay, like, They've got something here in a way that perhaps they can find sustainable, but this was for this particular performance, 
who made the biggest impression? Offense, defense, special teams. There was a couple of guys uh, across the board. We'll talk about those things together right after I remind you that Two Rivers Ford is your home for 2023 model year Fords on F-150. A Ford uh, Bronco Sport, like you see on the graphic in front of you. An Explorer, like I drive, except a newer Explorer than I drive, because these are 2023s. I'm rocking the 2022, courtesy of Two Rivers Ford. They have so many different ways for you to shop that are fun, fast, and easy. You can go out to the dealership in Mount Juliet, talk to one of their non-commissioned salespeople. They make a paycheck whether they sell you a car or not, so you're not badgered, harassed, and pressured into making a purchase that may not necessarily be in your best interest the way that so many other car dealerships do. You can custom order your Ford, like I did, at tworiversford.com, and you can get the exact vehicle that you want with the exact features that you need for your family's budget and for your needs. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, who stepped up today that you were like, all right, this is this is progress, this is meaningful, there are matchup advantages to be taken here, and they have done well to put this player in a position to succeed. Craig Baxter says, Austin Hooper, Darren agrees, made a couple of clutch catches. Uh, yeah, let me look at my, uh, oh, I think I must have left my game book in the car. Uh, yes, there's the game book is in the car, but still, uh, that's a bad job out of me. Uh, what uh, what Austin Hooper was able to contribute today, I'll just pull it up on my laptop. The the situations, the catch and run, the yards after the catch that he got to convert a critical first or a critical third down to continue to keep drives alive, it was essential today. Austin Hooper was a very important part. Chigakonkwo had the one play. Now he, I'm sure, contributed more specifically to their offensive success than just the 41 yard uh, catch and run that he had. But still, they were getting meaningful contributions when it mattered. There are not a ton of plays to be had on the field. The wide receivers and separation are still a struggle. Nick Westbrook-Akina, I thought, truly stepped up to the challenge. I, I was very impressed with a performance coming off the conversation that we had in out of the Kansas City game where, you know, I walked in there. There's a million different reasons they could have lost that game, but they almost won it, and that was what pissed me off more because – there just seemed to be a lack of, of self-awareness from the wide receivers about going an entire game without a catch, but then talking about plays that you've been making all year when that's just, that's, it's just not been true. It's not today. Nick Westbrook Aquino made plays to his credit, absolutely stepped up to the challenge. Uh, and so we will, we will get into that over the course of today's uh, tonight's show. Now I know NWI, there was a drop or two in there that, uh, frustrated people. He got alligator arms specifically on one pass and uh, over the middle where Tannehill tried to fit it into a tight window. I'm certain that NWI, you know, felt felt the defender getting ready to absolutely crash into him, and he dropped the ball. Right? He didn't. He didn't come up with a clutch catch, but he did make several throughout the course of this game. So, which Titans player stepped up most in today's game? Honestly, after the sluggish start offensively. After they found their groove a little bit in the two-minute, it was still tough going in the second half. I'm looking at their drive, their ball possession and drive charts right now. So, they go punt. Let's see. No, this is, uh, I'm sorry, this is the first half. This is the first half for Denver and the uh, the drive and possession chart. So, they have they have a couple of different situations where they have started in an average kickoff situation of, of 25. They got touchbacks. They were uh, able to make plays. 
and how their their drives were able to continue, but they go punt, 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 punt. Seven punts in a row before they scored a touchdown in the two-minute. Punt, touchdown, punt, Malik Willis fumble, field goal after they get a defensive stop, and then the game ends. So the defense was critical today, but the, the offense did make plays in a way that that made you feel like, all right, if they can give Ryan Tannehill any semblance of protection, and I thought they did well. I really thought, specifically in the two-minute, that they found ways to keep Ryan Tannehill clean against a pass defense, a pass rush, that while without some of its top players uh, due to injury and trade, still is able to get after most quarterbacks. Now, they got to Tannehill a couple of times. He got whopped a couple of times, and they definitely sent pressure because they know he was hurting on that ankle. That, that what was it, a seven-yard run for a first down for a third-down conversion that he made? and then got the ankle landed on, got hit at the same time, got up clearly in pain, finished the game, and led them to a field goal drive. He was he was impressive today in his, in his return. And it did start rocky, there's no question. But plenty of people were panicking in the first half talking about Malik Willis needs to go in the game. A lot of people were sending me messages like that. I thought it was nonsense. Ryan Tannehill was fantastic, uh, but he did get some help from a couple of different players. And help is what this offense desperately needs. That's why what NWI did to close things out, to catch two touchdown, uh, to uh, to haul in two touchdown receptions, to put together the kind of performance that he did today, he came into the game with seven total catches on the season and no touchdowns. He was under 200 yards receiving. He had he had not he had not really been able to contribute in ways that you thought he might he might be able to do a little more. But the way that he finished today's game, I thought was very impressive. Five receptions, 119 yards, the two touchdowns, and a 63-yard reception on the flea flicker that he was wide the hell open for. They found ways to make plays, and he was a big part of that. Yeah, that was another one. Um, similar to practice, we had, we had a rep just like that. Uh, was cover zero and was able to you know run a corner route to the, the back pylon and Ryan delivered the exact same ball that he did in practice. Uh, so I had full confidence. Uh, in that what, what has the mindset been able to receive the you know, late and then you feel like you guys took a big positive step today? Uh, yeah, I mean, mindset is just be us, be pros, handle ourselves like pros, and ignore all the outside noise. Um, that's all we can do. That's, that's what our job is. That's our job description, uh, and that's what we, we came to do. Are you think personally to, to, to have the big day, your best individual day? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's always great to score touchdowns, uh, but it's it's really awesome to, to see all the guys that, that help you, you know, have success. And the O-line, the defense, being able to get so many stops. Um, Ryan delivering plays, uh, just having a, a receiver group that's super excited for you. That's that's what's part of the So that's NWI in the locker room with us after the game today. A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Superbook Sports Studio. Remember that Superbook Sports is where you go to get in on all the action. They'll match your first bet up to $1,000, win or lose, no matter if it's football, Sunday night. Monday night, you have the opportunity. You can get great odds boosts and promotions in the Superbook Sports app. So download the app today, place your first bet. They'll match it up to 1000 bucks, win or lose. And check out the Tennessee tab in the Superbook app for great odds boosts and promotions on your favorite local teams. Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line 
1-800-889-9789. So, I thought NWI stepped up nicely. There was a couple of missed opportunities early on, but he made up for it. He really did it. Dean Buckwalter says, I don't give a shit. Stonehouse pinning them deep all day was key to that win. So true. So true. When you knew, you knew it was going to be a struggle. Both of these offenses are objectively difficult to watch. They have they have problems, right? And no team is perfect, especially with injuries being as playing playing as big a role as they do at this point in the season, right? Plenty of teams are having to gut it out. The Titans in particular have have dealt with a rash of injuries again. It's been a consistent thing the last two years. For unfortunately for them, they've gotten pretty adept at finding players who can plug and play, but it's definitely harder on offense. And so as they as they continue to find ways to gut it out, it's just about the critical plays that you can make. And, you know, what's what's the line from David Questenberry a couple of years ago? It, it's not pretty, but it's beautiful, right? Like they win, but you don't come away feeling like, wow, they really blew the doors off. Style points, uh, deep passing plays. Um, Derrick Henry not really rattling off, you know, big chunk runs. He's at a 41-yarder this season, a couple 20, 23, 24, 25 uh, yarders, but not not really as explosive um, as we're accustomed to seeing that running game, but still effective, right? Still finding ways to put together a performance where Derek isn't having a ton of success. That was the biggest takeaway for me, honestly, is that the, the passing offense made plays when necessary. They're not going to, it's not going to be, it's always going to be a slog for them this season. But when the Denver defense successfully takes Derrick Henry out of the game, gets uh, gets the gets the Titans behind the sticks, neutralizes. Well, they and they were throwing a lot more on first down this week. It felt like certainly they were they were they came out with a strategy that indicated that they were willing to try and pass on the best passing defense in the sport. And for the most part, it played out a little bit. Could they have won bigger uh, if Derrick Henry was more heavily involved? I don't know. It doesn't matter. They won. You know what I'm saying? Like I know people are bitching about what did he have? He had 15 total touches today. Let me let me see what because he had he had a drop. He had carries wise. Derek had 19 attempts for 53 yards, averaging 2.8 on the ground. They weren't get, they weren't getting shit today. His longest run was 10. So at some point they were like, okay, well let's it's time to see if our passing game can operate independently of our rushing attack. And you know what it did? It really did. Like Tannehill had a couple of miscues. Um, they had penalties again, which is that that's their biggest issue. Um, I think as to why they can't sustain drives, they just, they get sabotaged so often by penalties. And honestly, I understand that people were, uh, complaining about the, uh, the Todd Downing call for Malik Willis. You know, I know that, I know that you guys are probably tired of hearing this from me, but like, I didn't think it was a great call. I'm not saying that it's it's the best call in the world. I'm not saying that it was the right call. There's probably plenty of other calls that could have kept it simpler and not had a fumble at the time when the fumble happened. But like at some point, Malik Willis got to execute a play. I I think that I think that at a certain point you can be like, yeah, the play not great. Didn't like to play. I don't like to play. Play what play what? I didn't think it was a great idea. Did not think it was a great idea. And revisionist, like we all looked around the press box, like, oh shit, here it goes. If they're going to do something weird, now's the time. Sure enough, fumble, right? Fumble right out the gate. Uh, and and with all of that, like, make the play. I'm not absolving the coaches of blame. That, who cares? Uh, Downing sucks, Lamar. 
Well, no, because that's that is stupid. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're stupid. Please don't mistake me. I'm saying that that position is stupid to say who cares downing sucks. No, you should care. If you are going to casually, this is why I don't like I don't like firing people on the air. I think it sucks. I think it's the laziest thing that people do uh, in sports media. It's easy, easiest thing in the world to scream, fire the coach. And listen, I'm not, they're not all good coaches. Some coaches deserve to be fired. Todd Downing's decision making, I did not like the decision. But Malik Willis has to execute the play. He cannot be a liability when they put him in there. Now, maybe because he's been a liability and it's happened twice, they stopped doing it. That's how a coaching staff loses trust in a player in certain things. It doesn't mean that he can't do something. It doesn't mean that he can't contribute. It doesn't mean that he can't continue to develop or that he'll be on a coach's shit list or whatever. But he has to execute the play. There are moments when I look at the Titans offense and I say, yeah, I they could stand to be more creative. They could stand to find ways to scheme guys open better. They could stand to not need to rely on cute things like flea flickers and Malik Willis handoffs. But also, they're trying a bunch of other shit and it's not working. So I'm not mad at them for trying something else. I don't like the decision to run that play there. But I'm looking at the situation and saying, don't do the lazy thing and completely ignore it, that he completely botched that, botched the handoff, botched the exchange. And then if he's going to get playtime, he has to earn those opportunities by executing properly. So don't give me who cares Downing sucks. Todd Downing, probably not the best offensive coordinator in the world. He's probably not the best offensive coordinator in the division. <laughs> he may not even be the best offensive coordinator on his own team to hear some of you tell it about Tim Kelly. But he's who you got. And they're six and three. So at a certain point, you got to look at it and say, all right, am I going to bury the coach every time they try something to give this offense a sign of life? Or am I going to look at am I going to look at it rationally, reasonably, and say, yeah, not the not the best decision, not the safest decision, but the player has to execute the play. Simple as that. That's the kind of that's the kind of stuff that I think gets ignored, held accountable. Uh, C Dub uh, Downing has to be held accountable for what? You want me to hold him accountable for having six wins and three losses on the season? He doesn't talk to us after game. Like I and maybe and maybe you guys don't know this. Maybe it's worth explaining. Um, maybe it's worth explaining that you know what is Todd Downing going to do because Jeff Swain whiffs on when there's nobody around him on that on on a on a what would have been a drive sustaining third down conversion and Jeff Jeff Swain just whiffs. What's he supposed to do when Robert Woods has an easy third and eight conversion and he just drops it, just flat drops it? They had six drops today from pass catchers. Ryan Tannehill had some inaccuracy problems. Their protection was better, I thought, than it has been in a couple of weeks. So good on them. Penalties, terrible. Wait, wait, what, what am I going to hold Todd down? I, yeah, sure, I'll hold Todd Downing accountable for the Malik play. And then what? Six and three. Like, it's just, it's stupid. It is, it is an exceedingly stupid discussion around the offensive coordinator. And I'm not mad at you about it because, like, you know, I, it's my job to be able to kind of dissect things. And you're allowed to be mad at who you want to be mad at. You're totally allowed to be uh, be mad at who you want to be mad at. But the offense made plays when they needed to make plays today. That's on the players, but the coaching staff has to put them in good positions. The coaching staff may not always put them in the best positions, and then the players need to win anyway. That's it's It's just, it's a lazy argument. And I'm tired of having it because 
it's it's like I look at it like politics, and I'm you know I'm workshopping this for the radio show tomorrow. I look at it like politics, okay? Which is gonna everybody's everybody's you know Austin Zach, my my radio bosses. Anytime I make a reference, it's just you know stiffen up politics. Get away! Stop it! Stop it right now! But hear me out. When you vote, when you go out, when you uh, when you listen, when you see political ads, all these different things, they're not changing your mind. You're gonna vote who you're gonna vote for, like. Nine times out of ten. Nine, nine and a half times out of ten. You're going to vote who, who you're going to vote for. And, you know, maybe every once in a while you have a rational, reasonable conversation, but you're going to make the decision that you already had your mindset on. That's how I feel like a lot of people feel like Todd Downing. Like there's nothing Todd Downing can do to change your mind at this point. There, Todd Downing's out here looking for your vote. He's probably not going to get it, and that's okay. Six and three. I I, I despise some, some of their offense. I really do. It drives me crazy. I, I I think it is it is frustrating to me to no end that I watch games like the Bills and the Vikings today, and I Titans probably won't do something like that all year long. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Likely not. But they win, and they win their way. And when you talk about being held accountable, who's gonna Mike's gonna hold them accountable? For what? They pulled off a successful game plan. They got the kind of results that they were looking for and survived their own mistakes. Theoretically, again, I I hate the argument. Should be seven and two. Should be eight and one. Should be undefeated. Whatever you know. However you want to twist the twist the results to say if this if the if these ten things happen, then they'd be an undefeated team, which is nonsense, of course. But they're le- they're legitimately a missed field goal away <laughs> from being seven and two. And like the thing, the thing that's gonna bog bog you down is yeah. Uh, the thing that's gonna bog you down is you're you're frustrated by the fact that it doesn't look the way that you want. You want it to look. It frustrates me. It bothers the holy hell out of me. And at a certain point, I have come to the acceptance that it doesn't look good often, but it's successful. It's successful. Uh, Titans in Truth says, Buck, you have defended Downing all year long like an apologist. We can find a lot wrong in a win. Sure, personal groupings stink. You know, you know what I was reminded of today while the Titans again were stopping the Broncos on third down and have one of the best third down defenses in the sport? This is basically the same conversation as I, you guys were having with me about Shane Bowen. And I was called a Shane Bowen apologist. Zach, Zach, Zach bet me that Shane Bowen was not – that he thought Shane Bowen was going to get fired after the 2020 season. I said, for what? Because players suck? It's just so stupid. And now look, they're winning out there with a bunch of dudes that they know can work within the system that they work in. Shane Bowen is going to get head coaching job looks. Can you imagine me saying that to you in 2020? Of course not, because you're pissed that you had the historically terrible third down defense. Awful. Awful. But Shane Bowen, like, it's an easy face. I'm not saying Todd Downing's totally the same thing, but there's a lot of similarities. And it's just, it's, it is a really, really lazy argument that people, you know, we can have it as long as you want, but it's just like a hamster wheel. Like, I'm not going to change your mind. <laughs> New information may be presented to me that makes me change my, my mind or just my opinion, but I haven't seen enough yet to change my opinion. I think he's fine. I don't think he's great. I think he's fine. And right now, fine is six and three. So let's talk about the uh, let's talk about upside down results in the NFL uh, this year. Uh, we will get into how the Colts winning uh, in Jeff Saturday's first game as head coach and the Bills losing in a way that was totally crazy. That's the question that I want to ask you guys here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. 
uh, the situation, which was the crazier result, the crazier upset in the NFL this weekend, the Bills losing or the Colts winning? We'll talk about it together, and you'll uh, see some results from this right after I remind you that the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage is where you go for the Intel edge you need to succeed. GaryAshton.com is the place that you go for the best real estate intel in Nashville. GaryAshton.com will get you the recipe for success. Whether you try and uh, whether you're trying to sell your home, you can sell for more with GaryAshton.com. Whether you're looking for your next dream address without the stress, you can do the same thing that I did. Call Gary; he'll get you the place that you need to fit your needs and your budget to make sure that you can continue to capitalize on your property value and your investment. GaryAshton.com for all the intel information and to win the buyer battle now. Call the team that your favorite teams trust. GaryAshton.com. So, um, as we talk about uh, upsets in the NFL, Broncos Titans wasn't an upset today. The Broncos are bad, and now they're three and six. Right? Um, I think that the uh, I think that the situation for the Bills and the Colts was pretty interesting. Honestly, though, I was I was surprised because the Bills were pretty comfortably in control during the Titans game. I was just keeping an eye on scoreboards across the league. Then all of a sudden I see the Vikings are back in the game. It's going to overtime and there's like, you know, there's, there's fumbles, there's circus catches by Justin Jefferson. There's all kinds of crazy results and the bills end up on the losing side of things. And the Vikings are now eight and one. Josh, a reaction uh, after this game, you know, what are your thoughts? Uh, losing sucks. Sucks this way even worse. Um, horrendous second half. I gotta be better. I gotta be better. It's on me. Um, can't have that. Seem pretty um, down. The first red zone interception in the second half. What were you looking for on that, on that play? And also the second half? Yeah, I mean, the first one's fourth down. Um, no sense in taking a sack or throwing the ball away, giving somebody a chance. Those are those are going to happen. Um, second one, just bad ball, bad decision. So that's Josh Allen after the Vikings upset the Bills. Uh, they were on the road, as a matter of fact, 33-30 to 30 in overtime. Eight and one, the Minnesota Vikings, and looking pretty strong right now. Uh, Kirk Cousins, you like that. It certainly seems that they do. Uh, the uh, uh, Chill Mode says, dude actually said you seem pretty down. <laughs> you know, I... Uh, in the, he's talking about the press conference, the reporter asking Josh Allen. There are moments, and listen, I have I, I've, I feel like I've said this line to you guys before. I feel like we've talked about this before, so forgive me if I'm in reruns for some of you. But, like, I have asked dumbass press conference questions before. I have said stupid things in press conferences because I didn't articulate the question well enough. I took too long to ask the question, tried to dance around it without asking the question directly. Like, I have screwed up questions before in my life. I will screw up more questions in my life. It's going to happen. But, like, a lot of times I'll watch back press conferences and just be like, Jesus, that was a dumb question. Like, it's just like, okay, I'll, I'll use an example and we'll name names because I, I love him to death and he's a friend of mine. John Glennon. John Glennon asked Derrick Henry the, the significance of hitting 100 yards in, a, in, a, in an NFL rushing game. Like, he was like, what, what's, you know, what's, what's so singular about 100 yards rushing? And Derrick just kind of looked at him like, because it's 100 yards rushing in an NFL football game. 
Like it, I, I, Johnny was, you know, Johnny's trying to, Johnny's trying to write something. Johnny's trying to find something interesting. Derek's not an overtly interesting quote, but he's a fascinating guy. He's a, he's an incredible player, but like, you know, the first 20 years of Tom Brady, like is Tom Brady actually interesting or is he just great? He wasn't interesting for about 20 years. Now Tampa Tom's out here drunk on avocado tequila, living life and selling underwear. Like I'm down for this Tom. That Tom wasn't the Tom that we got for 20 years. We got boring ass Tom Brady at press conference. Great athletes aren't always great intrigue pieces, right? Derek's interesting. Derek's a fascinating player, but like, you're not always going to get the most interesting quote out of him because he's just like, yeah, you know, I'd like when we win. I don't care that we had, that I had 55 yards, whatever. So for Derek, um, John Glenn is asking, yeah, you know, what's, what's the big deal? What, why is, why is hundred so unique? And, and Derek just looks at him and says, it's a hundred yards rushing in an NFL football game. It's hard to do. <laughs> and, and that was the answer that he got for the question. So dumb press conference questions get, and listen, I, I'm, I'm not singling out Johnny. Like Johnny's asked plenty of questions that he'd probably say, yeah, I wish I could have done that better. Like I said, I have asked a million dumb questions in press conferences. Sometimes it, uh, sometimes it just, you know, it comes out that way and you don't really mean for it to. So I, I get the reporter, but also, you know, I also think reporters myself included need to be more self-aware generally. Let's talk about this is a free site. The best thing that I saw on the internet this week, there was a game played in Germany this morning. I didn't have the opportunity to see it, but I did see some of the reaction and coverage of it. Um, I, uh, I think, uh, I think there's a lot of, well, let's see, kind of question like, Oh, uh, whoops. I hit the wrong button there. Where did it go? <laughs> I accidentally like totally popped down, popped down the, uh, the application that we use my bad. Uh, Kenyatta says kind of question, like asking you like kind of question, like asking you what kind of job are you doing right now, Buck? I don't necessarily understand what you're trying to ask me there. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just stupid. It's entirely possible. My brain's fried at the end of the, at the end of a, of a football work day. So forgive me, Kenyatta, if I'm not fully processing the question that you're trying to ask me anyway. So, uh, we will, uh, we will, um, Talk about the German uh, football game that pl- was played today between Tam- Tampa, Bay, uh, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, and the Seattle Seahawks today, twenty-one to sixteen, in favor of the Buccaneers, who are now five hundred on the season. What was the best part of the German uh, NFL game today? You tell me your response if you had the opportunity to watch it. I'll give you something from it that I thought was particularly cool. Right after I tell you about another place that I think is cool. I told you, I'm down 33 pounds. Shout out to Math Fitness. They are whooping my butt into shape. And they're not doing it in a way that, that you know, pushes you beyond your boundaries. They're going to push you. They're going to find ways to continue to improve your level of fitness to help you reach your goals. But not in a way that you feel overexerted, that you feel like it's it's too much. It's too intense. It's not like, you know, a lot of people do, uh, what's, what's the thing called? Um, CrossFit. This is not CrossFit. CrossFit where there's potential for injuries, where they're asking you to do all kinds of crazy like jumps and and uh you know hanging and joint your joints are are ripped out of your sockets while you're trying to do pull-ups and jumping jacks at the same time. It's crazy stuff. True Math Fitness is not that. They have group classes. They also have personal training. So no matter what you're trying to get get accomplished, they've got a membership level for you. You can try it out for yourself. Your first class is free at TrueMavFitness.com. Conveniently located in the Gulch in downtown Nashville. So what was the best part about the German football game that was played today? Uh, the, the best part of this was the atmosphere. 
because I don't I don't recall a game in Germany in recent memory, but like the way that the European fans party around the NFL games because they're you know they're one offs they don't they happen literally once a year. Some of them in the case of Germany not once a year, every so often. So to see the way that the crowd get in gets into it just because they're there to have a good time, like it creates a really cool atmosphere in ways that you don't necessarily anticipate. This is completely crazy. Like, look, the game's been over. And, like, not only is everyone here, this is, like, the largest karaoke fest. How cool is that? Like, they're just hanging out. They're still drinking beer in the stands. Game's over. They don't care. They're just there to party. They got, they got, they're singing, uh, don't stop believing in the stands down and down in pitchers of beer. I thought that's, I think that's cool as hell. I think that's so cool. So for, uh, for the, for the German, uh, football experience, I saw somebody say it's the first regular season game played there. I, I'd, I'd have to fact check that myself. I'm not sure, but it is, uh, it was really fun to see. Really fun to see. Um, that was, that was, I, I had a similar experience in London when the Titans played over there in 2018. I went, uh, with a, uh, this was like three jobs ago. It's been a longest. Yeah. It's a long time ago, but, um, I went and the atmosphere was similar. It's an open air press box. You can really feel people more and they may not necessarily know what's going on down in, down out game situation, but they're there to party. And that's really cool. I, I think that's great. So that's going to do it for us tonight. Radio show tomorrow. Uh, Nikki Latarulo from uh, WSMV Channel 4. She does their Titans pregame show. It's going to be in studio with us. We're obviously going to talk a great deal about the Titans and the Broncos. Short turnaround. We're at it. Right back at practice tomorrow. No days off between Thursday night football and tonight. Uh, and then I'll fly up to Green Bay on Wednesday. Uh, we will, uh, I hope to see some of you guys at Lambeau. I know a lot of you are making the trip. It's always cool to uh to hang out that way so if you're if you see me say hi i love i always enjoy meeting you guys out in the wild it's a great time uh and i'll keep you updated wednesday my travel situation may cause for a shift in the primetime schedule so uh producer reed and i will let you know at the earliest opportunity if there are any adjustments to be made and of course no primetime on thursday night because you'll be watching a game and i'll be working the game have a great evening. Talk to you guys tomorrow on the radio show. It starts at 10 on 104.5 The Zone. And if not, I'll see you right back here tomorrow night. There's Matt All right, Crater. we haven't scored a point since I came in here. I am gone, guys. What? what that's but, it? But we got a couple more questions. No, nope, that's right. it. <laughs> Peace out by the GM. <laughs>